0: Welcome to my first podcast. My name is Kelly, and I will be going over the first unit of Social Studies 20 with you today. Hopefully, you've had fun in class. Hopefully, you've had some laughs. Hopefully, you've learned something. All right, I'll get started. Social Studies 20 is the relationships among identity, nation and nationalism. So what you need to know is expressions of nationalism can take many different forms. Some specific examples might include flying the national flag of Canada or singing the Canadian national anthem at a Calgary Flames game. Nationalism can be expressed through pride in the military or support for government policies. It could be expressed through the celebrations of holidays, such as Canada Day on July 1st or in the United States of America, that would be July 4th. Citizens often express nationalism through events like the Olympic Games, which Calgary possibly might get in 2026, and through support for our national teams such as the Toronto Blue Jays who had a very successful playoff run in the last couple of years. This year, not so much. Sometimes people express nationalism by celebrating similarities with others in terms of their culture, their language or traditions that they follow. The desire to protect these similarity is another way of expressing nationalism. There are many different types of nationalism because people in a nation feel different connections to each other and their environment. A person's relationship to the land can create a feeling of nationalism. This connection to the environment can be generations old and can cause people to feel a sameness with those around them who share a history with that of a region. A collective or a group sense of nationalism is when people believe themselves to be part of a group unique to other groups. Shared experiences, language, goals, or culture can make people feel like part of a group, thus encouraging a feeling of nationhood. We have a question from the audience. Let's go to the question right now. What is the difference between ethnic and civic nationalism? That's a great question, audience member. The difference between ethnic and civic nationalism is quite simple. So ethnic nationalism basically develops when people share a common ethnic history, usually with many generations of ancestors sharing that ethnicity. The easiest example of this would be to think of a country like Japan. A country like Canada, on the other hand, is bound by civic nationalism, and that is when It binds people together through a shared belief in the same laws, values, and political traditions. It is capable of uniting people who do not share the same race, ethnicity, culture, or language. Canada is an example of a nation-state built on civic nationalism. Cultural nationalism develops when a group of people share a common culture with similar traditions, artistic expressions, food, and attire. Often people who share a cultural nationalism share the same ethnicity, but this isn't always the case. Linguistic nationalism exists among people who share a similar language, A desire to protect it, even if they are of different ethnicities or cultures. An example of this would be in Canada today, where Francophones would like to protect the French culture within Canada. Political nationalism exists when people share a desire to govern themselves independently and without influence from other countries. Although people in such a group may not actually have their own country, they share a sense of nationalism out of the desire to achieve this autonomy and the right to control their own affairs. Religious nationalism exists when people share the same or similar religious beliefs, even if they live in different countries and speak different languages. Boy, many of you are probably wondering, okay, so Kelly's talked a lot about nation states and nations in class, and I really don't know what the difference is between them. Hmm, what is the difference between them? Well, let me tell you what the difference between them is. A nation state is a sovereign country in which the majority of its citizens often share common cultures, traditions, and languages. A nation state has its own system of government currency and official languages so you can think of a nation-state being a country the difference is a nation can refer to a group of people with similar cultures traditions and languages who inhabit a specific area But do not have the ability to govern themselves and do not possess the characteristics of a nation-state like currency in some instances, nation-states have been created when leaders of various nations decide they would like to unite and form an independent country. So, for example, what has happened in, used to be in Yugoslavia has broken up into separate nation-states, and in today's, what used to be known as the Soviet Union, now is a bunch of nation-states like Estonia... And kazakhstan and russia and the ukraine all right let's talk about the development of nationalism the development of nationalism is shaped by many factors one factor is history so people who share a similar history feel a connection with one another and they achieve that sense of belonging. Geography can also help to shape nationalism as people who have a sense of connection with a region may feel connected to others who live or who have lived in the same area. For example myself being from the Kootenays, I still feel a connection to the West Kootenays of British Columbia. Political and economic factors also help develop nationalism as people work together to improve political and or possibly their economic situations within their country. And we've been looking at this through nation-states. So the belief in particular political economic systems and attempts to implement or retain them can foster a sense of nationalism. People with similar political or economic status in society may feel a sameness with each other that can also foster feelings of nationalism. Social factors also influence the development of nationalism. People may join together and become part of a group to improve social conditions within a country which then can create feelings of nationalism as they work towards a common goal. time to talk about the French Revolution. The French Revolution, which happened in today's France, started in 1789, and it was fueled by political, economic, and social factors. As the peasant classes began to demand changes to the ways in which French society was structured, the ruling elite was made up of members, of the nobility and members of the Catholic Church, both of whom represented a very small proportion of the population but held many privileges in most of the wealth. The first estate were the church. The second estate were the aristocrats, the people that had the power. But the majority of the population was poor with little or no influence on decisions concerning their country. Some of you are now asking to yourselves, why did you just put that song about Marie Antoinette by Big Fridia on this podcast about Unit 1 in Social Studies 20? Well, let me tell you why I put it on. Marie Antoinette was married to King Louis XVI, and he had all the power at the beginning of the French Revolution. The problem was people didn't like the fact that Marie Antoinette could eat cake all the time and live this high society kind of lifestyle. People were hangry and they demanded better living conditions. They demanded political influence and they wanted elected government accounted to the people. In addition, the monarchy had put the country into extreme debt as a result of the lavish spending habits of King Louis XVI and his Austrian-born wife Marie Antoinette. And they were wondering why did they continue their support for the French American Revolution instead of worrying about the people of France, as citizens, sought change and united in fight for it. A strong sense of nationalism developed. The French government was in constant turmoil throughout the revolution. At the start of the revolution, representatives from the Third Estate established the National Assembly where they demanded that King Louis XVI give them certain rights. The group soon took control of the country. They then changed names over time to Legislative Assembly and later to the National Convention. The darkest time of the French Revolution occurred in the year 1793 to 1794, which was called the Reign of Terror. During this time, a man named Robespierre led the National Convention and the Committee of Public Safety. He wanted to stop out any opposition to the revolution, so he called. ...for a rule of terror. Laws were passed that said anybody suspected of treason or betraying the government... ...could be arrested and executed in a public square by the guillotine. The guillotine was the vice that is very controversial in nature... It was a device created so that no suffering would occur and that everybody would be killed the same way. Thousands of people were executed during this reign of terror, including Louis XVI and Queen Marie Antoinette and many of Robespierre's political rivals. Eventually, golds became too paranoid himself and was also killed by the guillotine. The French Revolution completely changed the political and social structure of France and it also spread throughout the world. It put an end to the monarchy and took political power away from the church, away from the monarchy, and put it back to the people who wanted liberty and freedom and the abolishment of slavery and actually having rights for women. Although the revolution ended with the rise of Napoleon in 1770, The ideas and reforms did not die. These new ideas continue to influence Europe and help shape many of today's modern day governments. sometimes a person's feelings of nationalism for the country he or she lives in may come in conflict with the feelings of nationalism he or she has for another country or nation. This is not uncommon among people who have come to Canada as immigrants or refugees. People live in Canada but who have heritage in other countries may find that the values or ideas they hold from their original culture conflict with those considered to be part of Canadian culture. Loyalty to Canada and expressing Canadian nationalism can also be difficult because people sometimes struggle to define what is it to be a Canadian Canada is the second largest country in the world and we have many people in Canada that live in different regions and we may feel conflicting loyalties when decisions, issues, celebrations come in conflict with other regions of Canada. For example, people who live in British Columbia might feel different about issues that are happening in Alberta. An example of this would be the Trans Mountain Pipeline, where we have a government in Alberta that wants the Trans Mountain Pipeline built immediately versus a British Columbia government that wants to take a pause and not have the pipeline built immediately. Canada's multicultural makeup can lead to conflicting understandings because different groups have different ideas of what their nationalism is. Making decisions about which loyalties take precedence can be very difficult. For many of you, whose families have strong ties to other countries or cultures sometimes struggle to balance these loyalties. For example, some women that are Muslim living in Canada may, may feel pressure from their families to wear a hijab in public even though they're not sure if they would like to maintain this tradition in this country. Reconciling which means mending or fixing, civic nationalism can also be very difficult with the government's decisions about issues that are happening domestically, which means happening in Canada, or foreign, which are happening abroad. Deciding if and how to support the various political parties in Canada can be also very difficult as well. Um, I'm hoping that you have learned something from this podcast. If you have any questions that you would like to have answered, please send me an email at kthomason at gmail.com. Come talk to me in class. And hopefully you learned something in Unit 1 in Social Studies 20. Keep on working on your nation states, and we will keep talking about multisocial in class as well. And good luck on your exam. See you soon.